Welcome back. The Nets are on a win streak. I think that's the first time I could say that the entire year. They're now 4-6 and six through 10 games, which is not what you wanted when the year started, but I guess it's a whole lot better than 3-7 and seven or possibly even worse. So the Nets win back-to-back road games, of course, beating the Wizards last night by... I don't know, 40 points or something. And then tonight, a game where they looked like they were pretty much out of gas, but they came back and won versus the Charlotte Hornets. So we'll talk about tonight's game, some of yesterday's game versus Washington, the recent Kyrie Irving news, and kind of like why there's no Ime Udoka news. That's kind of interesting as well. Maybe they were waiting until this road trip was over. I don't know. Maybe they're actually waiting for something, or maybe something's in the way. I don't know. We're going to talk about that, but... Leave a like, subscribe to the podcast, all that good stuff, and let's get into it. So tonight's game, it was a bit nerve-wracking, and I thought for sure they were going to lose at one point. I know the Hornets in the early fourth, when the fourth started, KD was on the bench. They went on like a 10-0 run, and the Hornets may have had like a 12-point lead, I think it got to. And Kevin Durant was on the bench with like nine minutes left, eight minutes left. And I'm saying, all right, Jock, let's let's get him back in the game because it's kind of slipping away here. And he gets him back in the game. And then from there on out, the Nets go on a great run. I think it was a 23 to 7 run since Kevin Durant entered or re-entered the ball game in the fourth quarter. So obviously they did a lot of like high pick and roll with Kevin Durant. Utah Watanabe was the screener. Utah Watanabe would kind of fade to the middle. Kevin Durant would get trapped and he would just kick it to Utah. And the Nets on the right side of the floor had a few opportunities where it was like three on two. So they got a few open shots. There were big shots in the fourth quarter by Patty Mills. He made some in the early fourth to kind of keep them in the game when the Hornets were pulling away. Utah Watanabe made a big corner three off a KD assist. And there was also one from Joe Harris. It might have been on a Utah Watanabe assist, but Joe Harris made a corner three to, I think, bring it to a two-point game. And then with like a minute, 10 seconds left in the fourth, Kevin Durant, he missed a three very short, but it was a long rebound. Joe Harris got it backed, gave it to Kevin Durant once again. He saw he was wide open and pulled up from the right wing from three. He made it. The Nets took a two-point lead with 110 to go. And I think that was pretty much it. I think maybe after that, KD made another one from the baseline to give them a four-point lead out of a timeout or out of an out-of-bounds play because Royce O'Neal was fighting for an offensive rebound. It hit off a Hornets player, and the Nets got the ball back under the basket, so that was a big hustle play by Royce O'Neal. And then Katie, you know, out of the uh, out-of-bounds play, makes like a, you know, 10-foot jumper, 8-foot jumper, and uh, the Nets go up four. And from that point on, it was pretty much just... The Hornets were trying to score, and if they didn't, they would foul the Nets. Cam Thomas made some big free throws down the stretch. We'll talk about Cam Thomas because he was a guy who, in this game, played some big minutes. And if you watch this game, you guys will know that the score and the stats are kind of messed up. Like, the scores and the stats, well, the score was right, but the stats, like, stopped working at some point in the third quarter. It was for the entire arena. It was for Yes Network, and for some reason... I still don't think it's resolved. I'm looking at ESPN. They don't have it, but luckily on Google it has it. So Cam Thomas played 29 minutes, which has to be one of his highest in a long time. I would say since that February stretch last year when like KD was hurt, Harden got traded, and like nobody was around. Cam Thomas has not played this many minutes in a while. But Cam had 21, three assists, three rebounds. Overall, he looked pretty good for the most part. I think Cam showed some old tendencies at some points in this game. There was one play where it was him in the paint 
one defender for the Hornets and Nick Claxton in the dunker spot. It should have been an easy alley-oop, but Cam tried to go for the layup and kind of got the ball knocked away as he went for that. So, you know, we've seen better playmaking from Cam Thomas, but it's moving in the right direction. So Cam right now is pretty much their backup point guard. Of course, with Ben Simmons being out, who is their main ball handler, and Kyrie Irving, another main ball handler, also being out, they have to go to guys to handle the ball like, you know, Cam Thomas, Kevin Durant, Seth Curry. And by the way, Seth Curry, to mention him quickly, he still doesn't look right. He only had three points in this game, and I think he may have tweaked his ankle in the first half. I'm not positive about that, but he was kind of moving a bit gingerly. And I just have a lot of concerns about his health going forward. We know Seth, when he's healthy, even last year, like he wasn't healthy on the Nets, but he was still making big contributions. I just don't think um, Seth Curry is even close to 100% right now, but hopefully at some point this year he will be because, you know, when he's at 100%, he's a much better player than what we're seeing right now. A lot of his shots are short, hitting the front of the rim, so that's been a problem for Seth Curry so far, but hopefully he does get it back at some point. Nick Claxton had a big first half. I don't know his first half numbers off the top of my head, but he had a couple of putbacks. He looked really good. Yeah, so even on the score app, I just looked it up. We are currently experiencing technical issues with this game. We are investigating and hope to have the issue rectified shortly. So I guess there will be no exact stats tonight. I apologize for that, but kind of out of my control. But as I mentioned, Patty Mills made some big shots. Edmund Sumner didn't really play in the second half at all. He had a good first quarter, I think, but Sumner didn't really have the best uh, second quarter. He probably started the third quarter, didn't play well, so I don't think he even saw the floor after that. Royce O'Neal only six points, but definitely made some in impact plays, had some steals, and um, he definitely made a difference in this game with his intensity and, um, you know, playing tough defense, getting some tough rebounds. And Utah Watanabe, I mean, what, what can you say at this point? He has just came out of nowhere, and he's been one of the better role players for the Nets so far this year which I don't want to say it came out of nowhere because, I mean, Utah was pretty talented with the Raptors, but I don't think we expected this level of contribution from Utah Watanabe. He's probably shooting over 40% from three so far. Once again, I don't have the numbers, but he is off to such a good start this year. And he's a guy who I think just turned 28, so hopefully he's a part of this future for the next few years. He's fun to have around. I think Katie likes him a lot, you can tell. So definitely one of those guys you love having off the bench. Didn't see much of Markeith Morris. We saw some David Duke Jr. for only four minutes, but didn't really do anything. Um, I see people comparing Markeith Morris to Paul Millsap from last year. I mean, I don't think Morris has been that bad, but Morris has been a bit disappointing so far. I think Millsap, we had higher expectations because Millsap was like an all-star at one point. He was playing at an all-star level for a long time. Um, of course, he finally like hit a wall basically because you know father time catches all but with Markeith Morris I mean this might just be who he is he didn't really make his shots tonight I think he missed one really badly too but he'll have his games Markeith Morris I think we know that by now he'll have some games where he might make a couple threes like he did the other night versus I think Chicago but um yeah Markeith Morris it's going to be an up and down year I think we know that now according to what I'm seeing now once again these stats may not be totally accurate but from what I've looked at so far from the NBA app they seem to be up to date here, but the Nets did shoot 33% from three. The Hornets actually had the exact same percentage, just took uh, six more threes. Free throws. This is big for the Nets. Free throws, the Nets shot 20 of 22. The Hornets shot 16 of 23. So free throws were the biggest difference in this game. And Kevin Durant, who almost got the announcer jinx, Ryan Rucco, said that Kevin Durant was one free throw away from you know breaking his career high for most free throws made in a row. 
and that next shot hit the rim like twice and it went down thank god but yeah Kevin Durant's made like 57 straight free throws I think dating back to last year and I wasn't even aware of that like I'm pretty good with that stuff for the most part of like knowing those stupid little facts about the Nets but I had no idea that Kevin Durant has made 57 or something straight free throws it's pretty crazy by the way that De'Aaron Fox shot against the Magic crazy I don't even know why he pulled up there with you know two seconds left but that was nuts. Anyway, all right. The Nets only had 21 assists tonight. It was looking a lot better ball movement-wise in the first half, but I just think it kind of got away from them in the second half. You can tell fatigue was an issue in the second half. The Nets did get out-rebounded by nine. They allowed four more offensive rebounds as well, but turnover-wise, only 11 tonight. Not bad. They had six more steals, nine steals, only three for Charlotte. Um, the Nets had five less turnovers, and Cam Thomas, actually speaking of him, had a really key steal in this game which led to two free throws for him. I think he may have missed one of them there to make it a one-point game. But yeah, Cam Thomas, in a time where the Nets were really struggling to make shots, Cam Thomas, you know, picked off a pass, took it the other way, and got himself to the free throw line. And then last night versus the Wizards was fun. I'm trying to look up the exact score of that game because it was pretty rough for the Wizards. It was 128 to 86. I mean, that's that's insane. A 42-point victory, and we saw Cam Thomas. He was the first guy off the bench, which was really encouraging. I came into that game last night versus the Wizards saying, if Cam Thomas doesn't see the floor, I want Jock Vaughn fired too because that would be ridiculous i have no idea why they couldn't play him when steve nash was here but now that nash is gone and i guess just by default because of Kyrie and simmons being out we are seeing more of cam thomas and he's definitely just been really good so far i mean of course, we do see some ill-advised cam shots here and there, but I would say even defensively, he seems more locked in than he had last year. So cam is barely 21 years old, moving in the right direction. He can score at such a high level, take pressure off Kevin Durant. You need that right now. Like, especially with Kyrie Irving out, you need another guy that can create his own shot, and Cam Thomas is that guy. So overall for the Nets, I mean, they have a tougher schedule coming up. I think they only have one home game in like their next five or something. It's at Dallas Monday home for the Knicks on Wednesday, Saturday versus the Clippers on the road, on the road for the Lakers, a back-to-back, -back, on the road for the Kings, on the road for the Trailblazers, then they're finally back against the Grizzlies on November 20th. So yeah, a West Coast trip is upcoming here. I don't know why they would make them go all the way to Dallas on Monday and then go back home for a Knicks game and then go back on the West Coast. Like, why not just do it all at once? It just seems very unnecessary, but I guess it is what it is. And next, you know, stuff I don't really want to talk about, but it's part of the Nets and part of the news for the Nets is the Kyrie Irving stuff. And Sham Sharania came out with a tweet during the game, I think around halftime during this game. He said that the Nets have delivered Kyrie Irving six items he must complete to return to the team. That is, apologize and condemn the movie he promoted. Well, he doesn't like the word promoted, but you know what I mean. Um, 500,000 donations to anti-hate causes, sensitivity training, anti-Semitic training, meet with the ADL and Jewish leaders, and then meet with Joe's side to demonstrate the understanding of what he learned from this process. I mean, this, I don't know how long it's going to take Kyrie to, you know, go through all this, but... um. It's an interesting question. Is is Kyrie a guy who's going to hold on to his pride and just not even do this? Because you can tell he didn't want to really apologize. I mean, I think he really just strongly feels the way he does. And if I'm Kyrie Irving, I don't think this is worth throwing my career away for at 30 years old. But I don't know. I mean, Kyrie might be the type of guy to say, I ain't doing all that and just, just not participate. So 
it could lead the Nets to just flat out release him and maybe another team takes a shot on him, which I think they would based on Kyrie's talent. I mean, the guy was averaging like 30 points per game before that Bulls game. He was on fire to start the year. But um, yeah, just too many off-court things with Kyrie. And you see both sides of it. Some people think this is going too far. And then, you know, some people think like what he promoted was the worst thing in the world. I mean, yeah, I mean, you can make the argument maybe this is a bit too much. But at the same time, Kyrie should not be putting anything out there that has any type of anti-Semitic or just any type of hate to any type of ethnicity or whatever race like they, there's there's no room for that obviously so I think if the Nets were smart about it they would have got out in front and rather than have this like really start to build up and, and make the Nets want to do something maybe just suspend them two games off the bat like when Joe Sy made his first tweet about that maybe just say hey you're suspended for two games we're going to talk about it and if you do it again it's going to be even a larger punishment and that could have been the next one like if Kyrie slipped up again during the season and did something else then you give him this type of you know punishment but I don't know that's just the way they went about it so it is what it is but it's hard to complain because the Nets are playing well without him right now and Ben Simmons the ball movement has been great um of course with Kyrie he was taking the most shots on the team probably held the ball the most as well so it is helping with ball movement but losing a guy at that talent definitely is going to hurt at some point point. and for Ben Simmons there is a real problem here with the Nets I mean they might be in a position based on what we've seen here with all the spacing that's going on with this team right now that the offensive spacing when Ben Simmons and um, Nick Claxton when they play together it sucks and I think the Nets are realizing that now Nick Claxton's playing right now at a very high level but when you have Ben Simmons and Nick Claxton on the floor you are not getting enough uh, floor spacing and making the job for Kevin Durant and eventually Kyrie Irving maybe um, and guys like that even more difficult I don't know how they're going to go about it but um, I mean Royce O'Neal's done a pretty good job in the starting lineup I just think when they bring Ben Simmons back eventually whenever that may happen I think he's still questionable for Monday there's no word on it versus the uh, I don't know if it's Monday I think it's Monday versus the um versus the Mavericks in Dallas I mean we'll see if he's back I would kind of hope maybe for Wednesday versus the Knicks I don't know if they want to rush him out there to Dallas to play that game but I think maybe the best thing for Ben Simmons is, is just to run the second unit. Like, I really do think that might be the best thing for him right now. I know ego-wise, you want to be a starter and all that, and Ben Simmons has probably never came off the bench in his life, but um, that might be the best move, you know, as he gets back into the rhythm of things. He obviously didn't look right, didn't look healthy when he was playing those first five games or so of the season. So, um, yeah, maybe you put Ben Simmons on the bench for now, say, hey, run the second unit, You'll play with guys like Seth Curry and maybe Patty Mills, some other shooters, and you know maybe Markeith Morris if he makes his shots, and Utah Watanabe, and that could be a decent lineup. So I think that's the way I would go about it with Ben Simmons, but I don't know, once again, how much he needs to start. I don't know if that's a big thing or not. But Jacques Vaughn, I mean, he's done a pretty good job so far. It's only two games, but um, I do like what I've seen from him. And speaking of Jacques Vaughn and the head coaching stuff, I don't know what the deal is with Ime Udoka. I don't know if and when it's going to happen. Um, I figured that once Nash was gone, the Udoka hiring would have happened in the next day or two, but um, that has not been the case. I think most people, when they talk about this, the insiders like Woj, he said this yesterday, that it seems like it's Ime Udoka, but I guess there are some certain things they have to iron out first. And like, it's weird because the Ime Udoka rumors happened, then like the next day, or maybe that same night, Kyrie Irving got the five-game suspension and all this stuff happened, so maybe Udoka heard that stuff and like kind of just wasn't really up for that job anymore. I don't know. Like I think they'll figure it out, but um, it is kind of surprising it's taking this long, but hey, they are basically 2-0 with Jock Vaughn. 
I don't know if you want to include that first Bulls game because that was just such a weird day for the Nets overall. But yeah, it will be fascinating to see what happens with the Kyrie situation, with the head coaching situation. I'm going to try and make a video after that Knicks game on Wednesday is what I'm going to try and do because after that, they have like three or four days off. So that's probably a good time to make a video. So hopefully by that point, we'll have more clarity, which I think we will. So anyway, hopefully you guys enjoyed this video. We've seen some promising things the past couple of days. The Nets are four and six. They might be like a playing team at this point, if that. But um, they are moving in the right direction, hopefully. So we'll find out what happens. I don't know how much it's sustainable with Kyrie and Ben out. But, I mean, the Nets with KD and all these other role players around them, has been, it's been a successful formula in the past. We saw it last year during the games where guys were out with COVID, KD played with like Kessler Edwards and Cam Thomas and David Duke Jr. in those couple games and they just kept winning. So, you know, maybe this is a recipe for success for Brooklyn. I have no idea. And of course, there are rumors that Kyrie may have played his last game with Brooklyn. It wouldn't shock me. I do think they probably want to trade him, especially Joe Sy. Like I think Sean Marks, if it was up to him, He'd probably like to keep Kyrie, but especially Joe Sy. I think Joe Sy is completely done with Kyrie. Um, I get it, but um, I just don't know which teams want Kyrie right now and what type of compensation will you even get for a guy like that. It's not going to be much. So, um, yeah, I think they'll they'll look around and see if there's any takers, but it's going to be interesting to see if Kyrie Irving you know, puts his pride aside and, and does all of these requirements to get back to the team or he just says, screw it, and I'm not coming back, and if I never play basketball again, then so be it. I think Kyrie, he might die on that hill, but I guess that is a wait and see. So I guess we'll find out what happens. Hopefully next time I talk to you guys, we'll have that clarification. But um, hopefully you guys enjoyed this video. Leave a like once again, sub to the podcast, and I'll talk to you guys next time.